Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. 68. Feel the 68 till I die. You got somebody, hey, Jeff, shut up. No. I'm sorry, man. I'm blacked out for a second. <laughs> this is Coach Bruce Pearl. I love the field of 68. I listen to it all the time. This is Duke head coach John Shire. Check out Field of 68 After Dark. This is Xavier head coach Sean Miller. I highly encourage you to take a look at After Dark, led by the one and only John Fanta. Now, listen to you guys every morning when I'm getting ready. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, this is Field of 68 After Dark. It's the Field of 68 After Dark. The NCAA tournament is upon us. The first four is underway as we speak. We've got a very close game between Pitt and Mississippi State. We'll react live to that as soon as this game ends, but we got a lot else in store for you as well. We're still going to get you ready for Thursday and Friday's games in the round of 64. I am pleased to be joined by two of the best in the business these days. We've got Matt McCall. We've got Laval Jordan. And as I mentioned, we have a lot to get to tonight. We're going to talk the preview of this tournament. We're going to talk tonight's action. We're going to talk some coaching carousel. I'm going to ask these guys what it is like to coach in this world at this time of the season when there's so many rumors. How does that affect your team? How does that affect you, yourself, and your approach to winning basketball games? We're going to talk the portal as well. If you're a fan of this sport, you know how much that has been popping in the last couple of days. So, gentlemen, it's great to see your faces as always. McCall, you doing well? Doing great, Greg. Doing great. You you, you think are you just keep refreshing verbal commits? Is that what you're doing? Just just kind of kind of keep dropping that 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 little bird on Twitter. Just keep pushing it down. See what happens. Who else is in the portal? What what where where are we at? I tell you what, my index finger is a little bit sore today. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you, Laval. You're looking good as always. How you doing? I'm good, Jay. It's good. Good to see you. It's good to see you. You got the Marquette jersey in the background. Is that? Yeah, you know, they drew my Spartans, Laval. They drew uh, the Michigan State Spartans, who I'm not exactly rooting for a victory for them this year since my Wolverines are in the NIT. Uh, So, yeah, we'll show a little love to Shaka's group. Maybe they can get Wolverines are playing well tonight, though. Hey, uh, you know, I was going to try and get a 15-minute block on Hunter Dickinson's 19 and 10 tonight in the NIT, but I'm going to be a man of the program, and this program is the field of 68. We don't Stick talk NIT. Stick to the script. We talk we, we, NCAA We don't need and Doster on us tonight. We're going to stick to the script. Play my role. You know the rules, McCall. Uh, listen, we are live on Sirius XM Channel 84. Actually, we will be live on Sirius XM Channel 84 here shortly. We are powered by the good folks at Bet Rivers. I spent so much time this morning on the phone with Rob Doster cooking up some special bets, some bonus, some boosts before the games this Thursday, Friday. So keep an eye out for those. And you can also watch us on the Field of 68 YouTube channel as well. Click the like button for us. Click subscribe so you don't miss any of these shows. Jump in the comments. We'll answer your questions during the commercial breaks. But fellas, let's start with some bracket superlatives because I have not been able to talk to either of you since the bracket has come out. You two are a little busy this time of year. I don't know if the people at home know that or not. But I'm excited to hear what you guys think because I've got some takes on this NCAA tournament bracket. Let's start with this. 
Give me your most intriguing game in the first round of the NCAA tournament. McCall, we'll go to you first. I mean, I have two. Um, I, I, I think it's hard to pick against that UConn Iona game with everything that's at stake. I, I can't go against that one. I just want to see the handshake line before the game starts. You're talking about two of the most competitive people in all of college basketball uh, and Coach Patino and Coach Hurley. Um, I'm sure the legend – Coach Hurley, the dad, will be in attendance. Uh, I'm sure that he'll be on camera a bunch. So I'm really excited about that one. And I'm I'm excited about Kentucky and Providence. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of talk around Coach Cooley and, and what's happening with him. I think it's a huge game for Kentucky. We got into a little heated discussion the other night when the bracket came out in terms of Coach Cal and if this is a must win for him. I don't think it's a must win. Uh, but I think that his team is dealing with those circumstances and people talking about that. And then, uh, you know, the Providence, the, the, his team, Coach Cooley's team, dealing with what he's doing or what, what's going on with him in, in terms of the coaching carousel in Georgetown. So those are two games in the first round that I'm really keeping an eye on. I think there's some big time storylines in there. Uh, like I said, I'm excited. Add, in, for this. add into that, Matt Bryce Hopkins. Bryce Hopkins, Ooh, right? Uh, Throw that one in the mix. First team, I'll be that. I cannot wait for the for the pregame handshake between Patino and Hurley, and I'm sure they have great respect for each other. I know they have great respect for each other, but uh, you're talking about two of the most competitive guys in this game. So, uh, a lot of storylines. Those are the two games I got my eyes on. I like them. Laval, what about you? Yeah, I, I, the the UK and Providence, uh, you know, just for and and just for and even from a basketball, the storylines are there. But even from a basketball standpoint, like Providence has lost three straight, uh, and looking to to rebound. And Kentucky, you know, haven't got out of the first round. So, you know, two teams that are obviously everyone is 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 hungry to go after a national championship, but. You know, you don't want to go out losing four in a row if you're Ed Cooley in the, in the Friars. Um, so you're trying to bounce back from that. But but I also had, you know, I, I'm intrigued. There's a ton of storylines. I mean, Bruce Bruce Pearl against Iowa is, you know, is a, is a storyline. And, and, uh, in, Rob- in, in, in Alabama. In Alabama. <laughs> in Alabama. <laughs> and uh, Rob Cinderoff, you know. I guess the coach against Indiana, where you know Rob was there when when all the all the the, the smoke broke with Kelvin and. Kevin Sampson, so a ton of storylines, but but I, I from a basketball standpoint, um, the Creighton NC State game, like I'm curious to see how that plays out, be just tactically, Matt, because you got maybe the arguably the best backcourt in the country, but two of the best guards in the country uh, at NC State, Quavian Smith and 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 Ryan Kalkbrenner sitting in a drop, and Creighton one of the best defenses in the country because of it, and if any if there's any way to beat Creighton is to have two really good guards who can come off a high pick and roll and pull up and hit a jump shot. <laughs> and so just uh, how that'll play out. And then uh, Penn State and Texas A&M, you know, just the the defense and the heavy rotation buzz, you know, at A&M. But Micah's team who plays, you know, connected and moves the ball really well and there'll be a ton of open threes and that's kind of what they do. Uh, so I just want to watch those are two games. I just, I, from a basketball fan standpoint, a coach's standpoint, I want to watch those games and just see uh, how that plays out and what kind of adjustments might be made. Coach Jordan, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you one more too. That St. Mary's VCU game, 
you know, everyone talks about mid-majors and the best mid-majors in the country. And, you know, you look at you look at VCU as a 12 seed who won the A-10 and won the A-10 tournament, lining up to play against them. I mean, that's that's a high seed. And I know, you know, the A-10 was – this is the first year in a long time they were a one-bid league, but to give VCU a 12 – Seems a little high against St. Mary's, another really good defensive team. Man, that, that could be a slugfest. Keep your eye on that game, too. Laval, you and I were on the same page on a couple of these. I had both NC State Creighton on my list. Uh, Penn State, Texas A&M. I just got home from the Big Ten tournament. That Penn State team is so tough, man. Like, they just yeah. don't go away. You saw it against Purdue down 16 points. They could have easily folded it up, said they had dead legs, and they were right there with a the chance to win. When you combine shooting with a type of team that just keeps hitting and hitting and hitting every time you punch them, that's a team that uh, that scares me. But when I look at Texas A&M, man, 10 of 12, they've won now. Toughness, I don't question with Texas A&M. It's the, high, uh, it's the, it's the worst seed in the tournament. It's, it's a bad seed. And McCall, there's another team I think got a bad seed that I'm a little surprised you didn't mention. How about FAU on the nine line oh, against Memphis, I, I, man? I, I, I mentioned them the other night. I mentioned them the other night. That was the first thing that I mentioned when we came on air was you got to be kidding me with what FAU did this year. And over 30 wins. Think about that. Over 30 wins to have that high. I have a seed in a good conference in a good league with other good teams, North Texas, UAB. They won their league. They won their tournament. Shoot. They won their turn, their tournament final game by what was it? 20. And they're in, I mean, I, I was, I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked at their seed. They should have been, you know, a lower seed in my opinion, but uh, the committee doesn't ask me. So that's why I'm <laughs> sitting here talking to you right now. We, we might need to get you on the committee. You, you can play many roles in this industry, Matt. You know that, but man, maybe we got to get you on the committee. We could definitely talk FAU up to a seven seed, in my opinion. At um, least. At yeah, least. I'm, I'm bummed, man, because I you had me convinced. You told me about these guys all year long, and I, I finally got around to watching them probably midway through the conference season, way later than I should have. I'm all the way in on them. My problem is I'm all the way in on Memphis right now so also, I. the so way I. they're playing. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you, too. Like I, I, if FAU can get past Memphis, like that matchup with Purdue, with FAU's veteran guards, with their unselfishness, and they have Vlad Golden on the inside, who's not as big as Zach Eady. No, no one can match up with him in terms of his size in the front court, but Vlad Golden can battle with him, mm -hmm. right? That that's the thing that when you watch FAU play, you see the unselfishness, you see the ball movement. Golden on the inside is a big front court presence and he can match up with him. And they also double the post and they make strong rotations out of their post doubles. So, uh, you know, that, that the first round game against Memphis, I, like I said, I, I don't, I don't love the matchup just in terms of, you know, I think they're too, too, they're seated too high, mm -hmm. but if they can get past that game and I, and I think Memphis can give Purdue a run for the money too. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, but I'd, I'd love to see that matchup because I, I do think FAU can can get to the second weekend. Yep, and his name's Vlad. I mean, Zach Eady's got to be a little shook up about that. I wouldn't want to go against a Vlad if I'm if I'm him. Uh, hey, let's talk double digit seeds here. Everybody loves a good Cinderella. Uh, one of my personal favorite Cinderellas. 
another one I'm upset about the draw with Oral Roberts. I mean, you knew they were going to get on the five twelve line, but to get a Duke team coming off the ACC tournament title, uh, that's not exactly a team I was looking to pick against. Certainly another first round matchup. That'll be fun. Laval, give me a double digit seeded team that you see a path to the sweet 16 or beyond for. Yeah, I've got, I think I got the smart money is on Drake. <laughs> you know, mm. I've got Drake. I, I love you know, the way they play. They got a top 50 defense. And, you know, they got DeVries, coach's son. He's good. They have a high major big transfer with Brody, who came from Seton Hall. I coached against him. Um, and so I think they're built to match up with any. But it would be interesting. They have to get past Miami, who plays small ball. Um, and then, you know, you're looking at Indiana or Kent State in the next round to uh, to get to the Sweet 16. And, and the other smart money might be on Kent State. Right? A lot of people are going to pick Kent just because they barely lost to Houston. They barely lost to Gonzaga, you know, college. So the college of Charleston, I think it was early in the year. So uh, a lot of people will pick them. Uh, then the other one is, is, you know, I think, uh, you know, be careful. Don't be shocked. And this is, this might be a shocker because I've got Louisiana beating, beating Tennessee with Nozakai Ziegler, but I don't, I don't think they can get past Duke, but uh, here's my, sh the, maybe a shocking thought might not be so. Amir Abdul Rahim and the Kennesaw State Tigers look out because if they can get it done against Xavier, they're gonna play at Iowa State or I think Pitt will probably pull this out or Pitt of Mississippi State. Teams that struggle to score. They're good defensive teams. Um, so if they can get past Xavier, who doesn't struggle to score, if they can try to figure it out a way. They play really well at Florida. I watched their game. They played really well at Indiana. And and so to to battle with those two guys on their home courts, like uh, they dealt with a big with some size of Colin Castleton. So they'll see Jack Nunji, who's who's similar. Uh, and they almost had Florida beat. So they'll match up with Xavier and they'll have a shot. And then after that, if they can pull it off, I don't, I don't know, you know, they have either Pitt or, or Iowa State or Mississippi State or Iowa State, you know, teams that aren't going to put up 90. Um, so you'll be in the game. Yeah, I, I think too, Greg, like, uh, you know, first of all, can we, are we picking high major teams in this? Like you, you, you can know, do can, high major. We'll count that high major. I mean, a healthy USC team. Try to stay away from that. Yeah. I like, I, I, I'm with coach Jordan. You try to stay away from that. Like, but Cinderella, you, I think Cinderella. Yeah. I'm with you. Bob <laughs> Marlin. Louisiana Lafayette. Ooh. I think they can get past Tennessee because no Sakai, Sakai Ziegler. So I think if they can get past Tennessee and all of a sudden, you know, John Shire, great run, won the ACC tournament. But man, that's that's that that's a veteran coach right there. Coach Marlin has done an <laughs> unbelievable job at Louisiana Lafayette. I was on here the other night. Um, last week when the night that they won the tournament uh, to go to the NCAA tournament, I was like, when are we going to talk about the Raging Cajuns? When are we going to talk? So that is a team that I'm keeping my eye on in that first and second round. Uh, if they get past Tennessee, you know, not, anything can happen in those second round games to get to the Sweet 16. I think the first round game is, is almost more difficult, especially for the mid-majors, but you win that first game and you start feeling pretty good about yourself and you line up in the second round, you can make a run much like St. Peter's did last year. So uh, I like the raging Cajuns. I, li I like my man, Bob Marlin, heck of a coach 
13 years I think he's been there. And uh, I, I think they could get there that second weekend. The, the other team, Greg, and I don't know if they, I don't know if you can still call them Cinderella, is VCU. Just because yes. they, they play, they're going to have St. Mary's. And then in the second round, the, they'll probably have UConn, who struggles with, who struggled with St. John's, who presses, who struggled with, you know, turnovers all season. Uh, but I don't know if you can call, I, I struggled to call VCU Cinderella anymore, Matt. <laughs> So I was looking at true Cinderella's in my mind. I'm with you. I, it, yeah. You know, too, and it's like, you know, preparing for the A-10 tournament, um, uh, working for NBC Sports and, and getting ready for that. You're like, okay, well, you know, is VCU the most talented team in the Atlantic 10? Oh, man, St. Louis is really good. Dayton's obviously outstanding. So nobody wanted to pick VCU. And what they do? They won the regular season and they won the tournament. And, you know, they were down 11 points in that final game with 10 minutes to go and found a way to win. They had a will to win. They have a really good point guard in Ace Baldwin, Atlantic 10 player of the year. They've got a great front court player in Deloach. They've got good guard play. And like you said, they defend and they get after you. And uh, And on that second, on a one day prep, you're trying to prep for VCU. You can't practice. You don't get to practice against that. Good luck. You you got a little familiarity with that, Laval. We talked about that in the past. So <laughs> and they got um, the two transfers from Michigan. Yep. Who are absolutely outstanding. Johnson. They've got they've got they've got Shriver who was struggling going into Atlantic 10 play, shooting 27% from three. And then start since Atlantic 10 play started, he's shooting 50% from three coming off yep. the bench. He's got the hair. I mean, that, 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 that's a guy you don't want to see. I'm telling you. McCall's talking me into this, man. I have VCU beating St. Mary's, but now I'm uh, looking at okay, that Connecticut go, go game, watch man. My, go watch my man Shriver start banging home some threes, okay? Oh, He's got that. the hair flopping, running up and down the floor. Just wait. Sure, sure. All right, we're going to go to break here. Uh, I At some point before the show ends, I got to press Laval a little bit on that Kennesaw State pick because, uh, spoiler alert, I've got Xavier making a pretty deep run in this tournament, and now I'm a little antsy about it. We'll do that later in the show. Coming up next, we're going to talk some coaching carousel here on the Field of 68 After Dark. All right, right now we're going to hear a word from our sponsor, from the great Rob Doster. Let me tell you guys about our sponsor for today's episode, Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 a few weeks back. When we get in the middle of college hoop season, it can be hard for me to eat and drink as healthy as I probably should be, especially in late February and March when the schedule gets really busy. But I found that I've felt better as I've made AG1 a part of my daily routine. I take AG1 in the afternoons after the coffee is worn off and once the itis post-launch is kind of set in. And what I found, my energy levels are up. It's improved my digestion. And as a result, I'm not only more efficient and productive in the most important time of the year for me and for the field of 68, but I'm working out more consistently. I just feel better. AG1 is so much more than just a greens powder. It's comprehensive health and the power of habit in one. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally could not be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of the AG1 formula with water, and I drink it every single afternoon. Done. Just like that. I also like that it only costs $3 a day. The price is right. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is the answer. They are giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Free! Just go to athleticgreens.com backslash field 68. That's athleticgreens.com backslash field 68. The link is in the description below. Check it out. Support the field of 68. 
Five seconds. Coming right back, boys. You got to love it. Here you go. <laughs> Welcome back. It's the field of 68 after dark. Uh, right now, we've got Mississippi State and Pitt in a bloodbath of a basketball game. Uh, One-point game with just under six minutes left. Of course, we will react live to this as soon as this game wraps. Uh, we are still here for the remainder of the hour going up till midnight on After Dark. We are live on Sirius XM Channel 84, brought to you by the good folks at Bet Rivers. Matt McCall is here. Laval Jordan is here. My name is Greg Waddell. And guys, it's been a big week already in the coaching carousel. Two of you are no stranger to the coaching side of this business, and you know how crazy it can be as soon as the regular season wraps, as soon as conference tournaments are done. All of a sudden, we've got some news to break. I saw it with my own eyes, guys. I was with Jeff Goodman at the Big Ten tournament last week, not to pull a name drop out of my hat, but I couldn't find this man for hours at a time because he's in the tunnels on like six cell phones at once. This is just what he does. <laughs> so one of the biggest names this week, guys, is obviously Ed Cooley. Ed Cooley's team is preparing for a first-round matchup against John Calipari's Kentucky Wildcats, and yet all anybody wants to talk about with Ed Cooley is, is he going to take the Georgetown job? So, Laval, you've coached in the Big East. Obviously, you know Ed Cooley. What do you make of this situation? And uh, I guess, wh where do you think Ed Cooley's head is at as he tries to balance preparing for such a tough opponent with all the rumors that are going on behind him? Yeah, Ed's a, Ed's a good friend. Um, his head is preparing for Kentucky, right? Matt, you know, this. when you're like, that's what you're focused on because you have a team, you've gotten yourself in the field of 68. And so you are locked in on that. He has an agent that, uh, you know, you have somebody in the background ha t handling anything else that might be. Uh, so he's, he's trying to deflect any attention from anything else with his players, which is which is hard, uh, because that's all the media wants to talk about is uh, uh, you know what about the opening. But Ed, he he's locked in. When you get in that situation, you're locked in on trying to win the game, trying to advance. You know, first round, second round, one at a time. Uh, that's where your focus is. You know, it's why you have representation that can you know help you not be distracted from the main thing, which is. You know, no, nobody wants to call you about another job if you're not winning basketball games. <laughs> so the focus is, you know, win, winning basketball games. Uh, and, and now to be able to have to answer the questions all the time, I'm sure he wants to just say, hey, listen, I just answered it. And somebody else asked the same question. Like you get sick of you get sick of that. You just want to talk about the game, talk about your players, you know, the, the main thing. But uh, so that becomes a distraction. Guys are on social media like they it's hard to block out the noise for players and parents. And, uh, you know, you're just trying to keep your guys single, singular focused. Uh, what do you tell your guys, Laval? Like if it in this situation, right, obviously everybody knows you're being courted by such a high profile place. Like how, how do you even have conversations with your players in that yeah. moment? Or they think, right? Nobody thought about Damon Stoudemire going to Georgia Tech until it happened. <laughs> yeah. So everybody no thinks question. they know, right? No question. No question. But you don't actually know. But but the speculation is what gets you. So you're just you're telling them, hey guys, just stay mission focused, and you know block out all noise. I'll handle all that, all of the all of the noise. You don't worry about it. We got a job to do, uh, and you're just preaching that over and over and again to get guys to stay focused on the mission. Okay. 
McCall, what's the pressure like in a week like this? Because I think we're seeing it play out with a bunch of different coaches right now, both the good side and the bad side of the pressure for March, right? Like there's guys coaching for their jobs this week. And then there's guys that are coaching for new jobs this week. What does it feel like to go through that? Well, I hope if you're in the field of 68, you're not coaching for your job. I mean, exactly. I, like if you make it to this point and you're in the tournament and you're in the field, you're not coaching for your job. You would think, I know certain jobs are shark, shark tanks and, um, you know, expectations and all things like that. Uh, you know, even going back to Coach Cooley, I think social media is throwing a completely different wrench in this whole deal. And I remember um, back in 07 when Kentucky was open, and we were trying to go back to back and everyone thought that coach Donovan was going to go to Kentucky. He was going to leave Florida and go to K- Kentucky and, you know, Noah Horford Brewer, Torian green, all those guys came back after winning a national championship in 06. Uh, but because there was no social media, it really wasn't that big of a deal. And I think there was one press conference where it was asked and it was addressed and who knows if those guys even heard it back then. And, and now it's just a, completely different animal because it's all those guys are seeing so i can't imagine the distractions that that, that coach cooley's having to deal with in terms of that um how he's handling it with his team you never know Uh, if he's not going then he tells his team he's not going and i'm committed here to to, staying here and being with you guys and and staying at providence but uh if there's a piece of him that that feels like that's a better opportunity for him and his family at this point in time in his career with everything that he's done at Providence that's a different story you don't want to you want to be real you want to be authentic you don't want to lie to your players either so I, I can't even imagine I don't envy the position that he's in uh but in terms of, of of coaches that that need wins in terms of the NCAA tournament you know man if you're in the field you you don't need a win you you're focused on trying to advance um and yeah, no you know I, I i think and even the 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 you know i'm sure like a like a bob Ritchie, right like you know coaches like that that made the feel i mean I, I dealt with it at chattanooga we had 29 wins going into the ncaa tournament we had a veteran team uh but those guys are so excited about being in the field they're not worried about their coach leaving not at that point in time they, they may be worried when the clock hits zero but they're not worried about their coach leaving right now. They're, they're worried about how can we advance in this tournament because it's the best sporting event in the world and they're so excited to be there and there's so much excitement created around your team and on campus. Nobody's worried about their coach leaving in terms of that. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's something that, you know, you got to keep in perspective as well. Once you make the field, especially at a mid-major or low-major level, nobody's worried about their coach leaving because they're just too excited about being there. It makes yeah, well, sense. And like Mike, I know Michael Shrews really well. It's like Penn State's in the NCAA tournament. That's all he's thinking about. That's it. And, you know, his, everybody else is talking about all the other stuff. He just got Penn State back to the dance and they can win a game. You know, they got a chance to. Uh, so there's nothing else on his mind. Now, again, you got people that represent you that can take a phone call and, and keep, you know, keep tabs on, you know, anything else later. But you're not worried about that stuff right now. Shoot, if you can get a, get in there with the Nittany Lions and get a winner or two. That, and that's, I mean, that's a great point, too, in terms of Providence, right? I mean, they're playing Kentucky in the NCAA <laughs> tournament. You know, so, like, you can think that everyone, that those players are are distracted about Coach Cooley going to Georgetown. I mean, they, they got BBN, right? <laughs> so, I don't think that they're 
they're focused on that. But I think with social media, that, and they've lost their last three. And they've lost their last three. They just want to pick themselves up off the mat. That's it. That's it. So yeah, you uh you mentioned it, Laval, but uh I would hope, and I think it's true. I saw it again in person at the Big Ten tournament. This Penn State team's pretty locked in. Obviously, there's rumors, but uh, I think Shrew's biggest focus right now, as is the teams, is booty ball. That's what they're doing. It's booty ball in the Big Ten. Uh, and you can get the shirt, by the way, field68.shop, get your booty ball merch. All right, a couple minutes left in this segment. Uh, I'm just going to ask it point blank, Laval, and you let me know what you think. What's Ed Cooley going to do here? I mean, <laughs> is this is this put one him, where, put where him he on jumps? The spot. I'm putting you on the spot. I put want the answer. Listen, Laval can duck it. Laval and I, I've put him on the spot <laughs> enough this year. He's more than welcome yeah, to duck this like, question. You like doing this, Greg. You, you I like, do. You like this game. You like I this do. Game. Hey, by the way, I had to deal with a ton of Indiana fans on Contender Pretender, so I, I appreciate you. You know, <laughs> out there and, and forcing I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry. It's okay. It's okay. We we've made up now. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I you know I think uh, I don't think any coach is unwilling to listen to the right. You know, because like Matt said, you know, you get to a point with your family and things change. Uh, with your family dynamic and all that, I think it's hard to tra- to go in conference. Um, you know, with what Ed's built up, obviously he's at home. He's from Providence. Uh, you know, sometimes being at home isn't everything you make it out to be, uh, and so people got to realize that plays into it too. But it, you know, and Ed's you know, when you think about these the situations, like there's been a change in leadership over his time there. You know, the AD. That was their president, new president, new AD in the last few years. Um, you're not saying that that he would he would make the decision to go or not, but things change as you know as time goes on. Um, so I don't I don't know, and I don't know how serious it is. It might be another Damon Stoudemire that pops up and gets the job that we didn't nobody even Tomorrow. talked about and speculated, right? And that's like, whoa, where'd that come from? So right now it's just blocking out the distractions and. You know, you, you're assume everybody's making these assumptions. So you're not going to get me with that one, Greg. I, I had that. You know, I had to shoot my <laughs> shot, right? Role players got to shoot. You kicked me in the corner. I better take that open jumper. Uh, all right. Well, McCall, you're not going to get out of this easy either. I had to put Laval on the spot with one hard one. Let's put you on the spot with one hard one. Which job is a quote unquote better job? Define better however you want to define it. Georgetown or Providence? Ooh. I mean, I think at this point in time, um, you know, I think you've got to look at NIL, what what, what school's willing to do uh, more with, with name, image, and likeness. Um, I, I think the Providence fan base, I mean, I know it's not called the dunk anymore, but you see those home games, and Coach Jordan knows this, that place is absolutely rocking. Uh, Georgetown doesn't have that, and and maybe it's because they haven't, you know, had the success over the last several years that they had, you know, even going back to the mid 2000s when when they were going to the final four with Rory Hibbert and those guys. Um, I, you know, I, I can't. I'll I say this, though, Matt, a lot of that is Ed, man. He is an he's a he's tremendous. Unbelievable. Campus marketing with the unbelievable. Students. Like a lot of that's co- a lot of that's Uncle Ed. Exactly. Exactly. So. I like I, I think Providence just because of Coach Cooley, but if, if he 
decides that it's the best situation for him to head to Georgetown, then then I may change my mind. I, I, I may change my mind. Uh, but man, I I mean that's that's tough. The tradition, the history, the history of Georgetown, Washington D.C. Uh, man, that's. That's a tough one to pick. I, I don't know. Coach Jordan's in the league. Why don't you put him on the spot with that one? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if LeVal wants it. How about that? We'll get the ball you know, back. The you have with Georgetown, if you can do it, you've got a built-in recruiting base right there. Yeah, right and, there. And, you know, now that, you know, being able to keep guys home and all that, sometimes guys don't want to stay. Uh, you know, you have, obviously, the tradition and all. Right now, it's not where – you know, it, we know of Georgetown when we were growing up, Matt. But um, it's still Georgetown, you know, on a lot of <laughs> on a lot of levels. So if you can, if you get the right person in there, uh, Lee Reed, I know their athletic director. I know Lee well, like and what he's about. You know, the NIL piece, I, I'm not educated on because I think that's a big factor nowadays. So I, I don't know about that part. But you know, traditionally, you would say Georgetown. Uh, it's just, you know, where, where they've been in the last, you know, eight years. Yeah, obviously, Ed's got that thing going at Providence. Yeah. Yeah, it's a name that carries some weight, clearly, with Georgetown. But another name that carries some weight at this point is Ed Cooley, like you guys alluded to. He's done such a good job at Providence, especially in the last couple of seasons. This is not the first offseason we have heard his name associated with some big-name jobs. It is not the last time that's going to happen either. If he stays at Providence, he's probably going to be back in the rumor cycle for a lot of off seasons to come. It's just how the game works. When you continue to win at the level that he has won in the Big East in a couple seasons running at this point, it's going to happen. So, all right, thank you guys for uh, your candid answers. I appreciate that. That was very enlightening. Next on the show, uh, like I said, we have a close one coming down to the wire with Pitt and Mississippi State. We will react live as soon as that wraps. I'm also going to grill these guys a little more on what it's like with the transfer portal at this point in the season and how you navigate your way through that portal as a head coach. That's coming next on After Dark. No clear. So hypothetically, guys, if this Providence team could just wipe everything aside, just forget all the rumors that are going on, would you bet on them to make a run in this tournament? Laval, you're Big East guy. Would you bet on them to, to go pretty far in this tournament here? With... Kentucky, who's had some struggles, played well late, and then yeah, Kansas State, Montana State, um, they could they could make it to the second weekend again because you you don't know which Kentucky team might actually show up. I mean, you're hoping. It's, I know Cal's hoping it's the it's the one that you know we've seen more recently than we haven't. But Laval, I'm going to stop you right there because if you want to prove to me that this Providence team can make a run, you can do so on Run Your Pool where we're doing the official Field of 68 bracket contest. Rob Doster worked with Run Your Pool before. That's why he was so excited to land this sponsor. They have more than 50 game types, every single sport you can possibly think of. Traditional bracket pools, survivor games, head-to-head games, pick X games. My personal favorite, the squares. Scoring is customizable. You can tailor your bracket rules to the pool. It's genuinely awesome. But the best part, guys, Run Your Pool is giving away free money, $1,500 in cash prizes. Just sign up at the link in the description, play.runyourpool.com slash field68. That's F-I-E-L-D-6-8. Fill out a bracket. You're eligible to win. And we'll see you guys this week, Thursday. It's coming up. You don't have much time left to get in the pool. Get in the pool, folks. Greg, that was a heck of a plug. And I want to know in your pool who's in the final four. I can't wait to talk about that. You guys watching the end of this? It's a good tease, boys. That's a good tease. Did you see the shot? 
Oh, we saw the shot, Laval. That's Laval Jordan live on the field of 68 after dark. Uh, guys, we have chaos. We have madness. Can you taste that? Do you feel that in the air? Mississippi State and Pitt are coming down to the wire right now. Pitt with a one-point lead. There's nine seconds left in this game, and it's about to come out of timeout. And, guys, we're just going to react live to this as it comes out. Matt McCall, Laval Jordan are both here with me. Uh, as I mentioned, on the field of 68 After Dark, we're brought to you by Bet Rivers. We are live on Sirius XM Channel 84. Uh, and if you're watching on the YouTube channel, by the way, click subscribe. Throw us a like. We actually do pay attention to that. You can jump in the comments. If you're a Pitt fan, if you're a Mississippi State fan, you can agonize in there. You can celebrate in there. The world is your oyster. Laval, you've been paying attention to this game. I've been seeing those eyes fluttering a little bit. Yeah. What, are you, what are you seeing here, and what are you doing with 10 seconds left down one if you're Mississippi State? Well, Mississippi State right now, they got like it's like a huge advantage, points in the paint and, uh, and on the glass. And so – uh, what's that big kid's name? I forget his name, but he's uh, he's been he's been a matchup problem for them. They got plenty of time, uh, so can Penn State get a stop here when they or not Pitt, Pitt get a stop here when they need one? Um, it's been a heck of a game back and forth. I'm, I'm shocked they got to sixty because I thought it would be forties or fifties just the way both of these teams play. Yeah, physical is a word to describe this game, but a lot of shot making, especially in the first half. McCall, what have you seen? I mean, Jamarius Burton with the big shot. I've I've been a huge fan of his, uh, even when he was back in high school. Uh, the game's on the line. The ball was in his hands uh, to knock that down. So, uh, what are we at? Three seconds to go now. Is, is that is three that seconds to go live? As we said, it's a one point game. Mississippi State is going to have the ball underneath their own basket, and it appears we you have a timeout here. Gotta love the underneath out of bounds situation with the game on wow. the line in wow. the NCAA tournament. Wow, how do you do that as a coach, guys? Because, like, I'm just going to assume as a coach, I've coached high school basketball, obviously, nowhere near the level you guys have done successfully. I had like a play in my back pocket, right? Like this is my, if we need a bucket from underneath the bucket, I'm going to run that play. The problem is at the high school level, not every team you play has thousands of hours of tape on you. How do you navigate that McCall? Did you have one play? Did you have 10 plays? What do you do in this spot? Well, I think it depends. If you've been in this situation before and you had a play and you ran a play and it worked, you can't go back to that one because the team's going to scout it and expect you. If you come out in the same alignment that you're going to run the exact same play, and you've got to have counters. I think special situations, especially this time of year, uh, is something you have to work on. Um, okay, so gentlemen, I'm just going to take over quickly and narrate for us. The game has ended. <laughs> a beauty of an out-of-bounds set from underneath on the baseline. Dials up a wide-open three-pointer. Wide-open three-pointer. Mississippi State misses. They had a chance at a tap-in offensive mm. rebound for the win. It would have counted had it gone. It was hard off the backboard, off the front of the rim. Pitt survives, 60-59. to 59. Uh, I mean, listen, if this is any indication of what we're going to get in the first round of this tournament, Thursday and Friday are going to be spectacular. Laval, let's throw it back your way here. Uh, you, I think you called it earlier in the show, about 20 minutes ago. You said, we think Pitt's going to win this game. Pitt was losing at the moment that you said that. Why would you think Pitt would pull away in this one? I had him picked, so I just had to stick with my, my pick. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, they were shooting. I just Mississippi State had made five threes. They averaged five a game in the first half. They hit five, so they were they were shooting a lot better than they you know normally do. I didn't know if they could keep it up. Uh, Pitt, who hit eight in the first half, they only hit one in the second half, so it just became a, a street fight, physical game, and you know they all collapsed because because of the big fella to to Lou Smith and left the uh, you know left uh, uh, who was the kid. Uh, more uh, Shaquille more open yeah heck of a look man that those hurt but I, I just liked Pitt ability to score I think it's just hard Matt I don't know what you think if you have if you can score points right it's just hard you know when they do have scouting reports you got all the film you got synergy and the analytics and so if you struggle uh offensively it's going to be hard in this tournament um I was shocked that Xavier and Marquette is like the two best offensive teams in the Big East play for the championship. You know, that's that's new because yeah. normally that's a, you know, it's not that way. It's the it's the defense. So, you know, games like Iowa-Auburn, it's like Auburn struggles to score. Iowa doesn't. Yeah, I would not struggle to score. So not at all. Let me uh, let me reset here quickly, Laval. So we are live on Sirius XM now. Thank you to everybody who just popped in to join us after that electric pit finish. Pit survives. They win by one against Mississippi State. The Panthers are headed to the official first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, softball one, but I want to know your guys' perspective as coaches. Are the play-in games? Is the first four NCAA tournament games, guys? It counts, right? It, it definitely counts. I, I, you know, I, I, and we talked about this before we came on air in terms of the 16s playing against each other. I think the NCAA tournament and the committee, whoever is the last, you know, four at large bids, whoever that is, they need to be in the play-ins. Not let's not have these 16s playing against each other to get to the first round. Those kids, they, they want those teams won their tournament. They won their conference tournaments. Don't pin those guys against each other. Let them get to the this field of 64 and have the, the last, you know, four at-large bids play against each other in the in the first four in Dayton uh, because that's where you're at and that's where the committee deems you're at. And those teams, those 16 seeds that won their tournament, I, I just, you know, how many people tune into those games? Everyone's going to tune into the 116 matchups you know, in the first round, but how many people are tuning in to that tonight? But if you have, you know, those last at-large bids squaring off against each other, hey, listen, you're here for a reason because you're, you're the last in the field. And if you want to make it to the field of 64, your way in. you, you, you got to play your way in. You got to play your way in. But, but those, those 16 seeds, they made their way in because they won their tournament. And now you're having them playing against each other. I just I don't like it. I, I I think it needs to be the 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 last teams, the last at large bids in the field need to square off each other to play their way in. I like it, McCall. We said it earlier. We got to get you on the committee. Okay, you might need to be on multiple committees here because as the czar of the field of 68 here, I trust you to make all decisions on behalf of everyone in college basketball. That's a fantastic proposal. When you get an automatic bid, that should mean you are automatically into the official first round of the NCAA tournament. Not that you have to play another team with an automatic bid just to get a chance to go play Alabama. I don't like those rules either. Um, all right, so Pitt moves on here, guys. Do either of you see Pitt with a real shot to win their next game in this tournament? Or is this just a, hey, happy you got one. Good job, Jeff Capel. Now Iowa State's defense is just going to smother you. What do you think? 
I got him winning. I have him winning. Iowa State, again, Iowa State struggles to score. Defense is elite, uh, but they struggle to score points. So I've, I've got I picked Pitt to to go one more round. Wow. Okay, McCall. No, I I don't. I think the Big Twelve is battle tested. I think Iowa State's battle tested. I mean, you think about Pitt too. They were one win away from winning a share of the uh, ACC regular season title. Uh, I was trying to advocate for VCU to get an at-large bid, uh, but Pitt's not even a quad one win for VCU. I mean, think about that. It's not a quad one win. So uh, I think I think Iowa State's more battle tested. So I'm going to stick with them. Okay. The thing that scares me about Iowa State, it's no offense to really any of – I mean, the defense is terrifying. Obviously, we know that. But they don't have, like, the the just the killer of a player that would scare me that I'd look for in the NCAA tournament in a win-or-go-home situation. No offense to Gabe Kalsher, Big Ten guy. But uh, the thing that scares me most is, is Ott's, right? I mean, he did this last year when everybody was kind of just like, yeah, I'm not so sure about this team. All of a sudden, they, they strung a couple wins together when it mattered most. He might have something there, fellas. I don't know. I think I'll lean on the side of McCall. When you got one under your belt, it's like you kind of you, you kind of take a a relief, a sigh of relief. Look, Pitt makes nine threes a game, so yeah. Iowa State in heavy rotations, like they're going to be open shots. They just got to make them like they did tonight. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, an especially impressive performance. I would just like to note from Pitt, given that they were without Federico Federico tonight. Uh, I have one particular. Pitt fan friend of mine, Tristan Freeman, runs Busting Brackets, by the way, who I texted him before the game and uh, basically just said, what, what's the gut feel right now? And he was like, oh, we're cooked. I mean, they're going to get every single offensive rebound. And I think for much of the game, it did play out like that. But uh, Pitt, man, the shot making tonight was was very, very impressive here. Uh, on the Mississippi State side of things, just quickly here, Chris Jans, uh, first year at Mississippi State, makes the NCAA tournament in the first four heartbreaking loss McCall would you call that a success in year one for Chris Jance well I mean listen Mississippi State's a tough job in the SEC listen all the jobs are tough I don't I don't care every job's tough there's no easy jobs out there and uh Mississippi State's a, a challenging job to say the least in the SEC and to, and to get yourself in the field in year one I would say it's a success I, I think it's an absolute success um that one's tough losing the way he did tonight that 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 stings especially with such a good look and an opportunity a chance to win the game but yeah to to be in the field in the sec in year one at a place like mississippi state yeah i, I think it's a successful year for him in this program certainly they've, they've played basketball for 111 years greg they've been in a tournament 12 <laughs> times this is 13 it's certainly a success. <laughs> hey, when you when you frame it up like that, absolutely. I think if I learn one thing from talking to you two, it's that I'm way too harsh on coaches. Oh my god, is that fair to say? I'm, I'm, Being I'm in the tournament is a success. You're like all oh, these coaches, man. They're coaching for their jobs. They're in the field. Why are they coaching for their jobs? But call you know why? It's because when I play NCAA March Madness 2012 on my Xbox 360, I make the tournament every season. I'm going on 25 straight, man. It can't be that hard <laughs> to do what you guys do. Uh, listen, coming up after the break, these guys are going to continue to teach me lessons about why I am just an absolute idiot. But this time, uh, we are going to talk transfer portal. There's a lot of movement in and out right now. My index finger still hurts from refreshing the page. Uh, that's next on the Field of 68 After Dark. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, McCall, I got a question for you now. Got it. What's your hottest take right now? Just give me one hot take. Extremely hot, though. Scorching hot. In, ter- uh, in terms of what, like in anything, in it could be. Any, it doesn't even have to be basketball. It could be like a you. You like some food that everybody else thinks is horrible, pineapple on pizza or basketball. On pizza. You want. Ooh, taco pizza. That's another good one too. Uh, taco pizza. <laughs> I mean, you put me on the spot with that one. I mean, you just said taco pizza, so I'm going to run with taco, that. Well, listen, taco the, pizza is phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's absolutely outstanding. There's nothing better in my opinion. You t- that's that's all I fa- needed, McCall. Two of my favorite foods and combine them into one. Yeah, I'm going to roll with that. I'm going to ask you more about that in the afters, but if you ever get tired of proving that you won an argument that taco pizza is a good thing, well, I have an answer to your problems because we have vaulted, except it's not for taco pizza. It's for sports. It's a new sports prediction app that turns your opinions into facts. You can store all your predictions and all of your hot takes in your own vault now and forever. And you can hold it over the heads of your friends, your enemies, anybody you want. Challenge them. Keep track of the results and prove that you are, in fact, the smartest person in the world. Vaulted will also be releasing more than 50 pools in the next three months. So you can download the app at the link below, sign up for your three-month trial, and store your predictions now and forever. Taco pizza, though, man. That's a real thing? There you go. We are back on the field of 68 after dark. And uh, it's been a wild night, guys. We've had attempted buzzer beaters. We've had near-missed tip-ins for wins. We've had play-in games. We've had taco pizza. You never know what you're going to get on the Field of 68 after dark in the middle of March. Matt McCall is here. Laval Jordan is here. My name is Greg Waddell. Uh, We are into the fourth quarter of the show live on Sirius XM Channel 84, brought to you by Bet Rivers. And you can also watch us on the Field of 68 YouTube channel. Jump in the comments, throw us a like, throw us a subscribe, et cetera. All right, let's move to the transfer portal, guys. This has been the story of the week, even in a week that has had massive coaching rumors. It's had great basketball. Somehow, with the state of the sport as a whole right now, The transfer portal has become the story, even for teams that are still playing, but especially for teams that are not in the NCAA tournament. So I am just going to pose a simple question to you. We'll go to you first, Matt. Does the portal open too early? Is there no buffer? Should there be a buffer between this beginning of this awesome postseason that is now upon us and every single player from teams that have wrapped their season trying to find a new school? I think when the clock hits zero um, for any team, it becomes a very selfish time. I think it becomes a selfish time for coaches. I think it becomes a selfish time for players. I think it becomes a selfish time for everyone because everyone's kind of looking at their situation and what can I get? Where, 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 like, you know, even a guy that's that's out of school, I want more shots. I want more minutes. I want more play. Like what, whatever it may be, it becomes very, very selfish when the clock hits zero. And, you know, coaches as well, because if you have a really good season and, you know, coach, you know, other schools are courting you and 
Uh, it's just a selfish time. It's a challenging time. It's a challenging time for coaches too. It's a challenging time for players. Uh, and you know, as a coach, when you get that text message that says, "Hey, coach, can we meet?" You know what's getting ready to come. And you no, can buddy, a, just go ahead and go up to the compliance office. Right, just just <laughs> send them straight to compliance. Just um, it, it's just it's it's. I think it's the hardest time of year as a coach. I mean, when you're in the season, you're preparing for games and and you're scouting and you're doing those types of things, or you're in the preseason, you're getting ready for the season. I think from when the clock hits zero to really May is the most challenging time as a coach because of that. You're trying to re-recruit your players. You're having player meetings. If you're at a mid-major to a low-major level and um, you know someone has a good year and you're meeting with a player and he's, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, and then five weeks later you get that text message that says, hey, coach, can we meet? You, you know what's getting ready to come, and it's hard, and it's challenging, and it's you don't sleep. You don't sleep. I mean, you don't sleep during the season because you're preparing for games. But when that clock hits zero and you're dealing with that portal and you're trying to get guys and recruit guys out of the portal, but you're also trying to re-recruit your own players, it is a tough, difficult, challenging time. And you never know, you know, especially, you know, if a high major school comes knocking with NIL now and you know you can't compete with the number that's being thrown out there, it's it, it's tough. It's This is a difficult – when that clock hits zero – no man, it, it's, it's harder. And 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 before it used to when it got zero, it was like, okay, this is an opportunity for everyone to take a breath. We're gonna take a week off and we're gonna go start recruiting and focusing on next year's roster. You don't have yeah. that anymore. Yeah, you don't have no, it. You, the you first thing it. you do is you have your individual meetings because you need that's to it. know that's right. Trying to figure out where everybody stands at at the moment. And that's just at the moment until the to the, the eight hundred and five plus. That's the number right now, fellas. Division one. And Division Two, it just looked at eight hundred and five plus in forty eight hours in the portal. Think about that. <laughs> we we haven't even started the NCAA tournament. We just kicked off the first four tonight. Eight hundred and five plus. Here's and and it's it's like to uh to just wrap wrap your head around where we are now, Matt and Greg is not even Vanderbilt season is not over. They're playing in the NIT. Miles Studi comes out. He's not going to play with his team, and he's going in the portal like that. That's crazy to me, but that's that's where it is now. There's guys. Everybody's criticizing Carolina for not playing in IT. You don't even know if guys are going to play. Jed Howard doesn't play in the NIT, right, Greg? Like yep. it, Cam Whitmore doesn't play. Justin Moore doesn't play. Like they want to. So it's like they're doing the football, college football thing now. If you're not in the you know bowl championship games. You know, guys are preserving themselves. But now we got guys transferring while their team is still live. That's wild. Well, there's there's an example. <laughs> this isn't that even into the NCAA season NCAA stuff. Tournament. Jerry Stackhouse has had a heck of a year. He's coach of the year. He's trying to go in and win some postseason games. And he's got well, a kid TCU starting center did that. TCU's in the NCAA tournament. And I don't, that there's a different set of circumstances going on with Eddie Lampkin right now. But like, I mean, <laughs> this is like, this is hitting teams that are playing for the biggest prize still right now. We're not just talking. Hey, your season's over anymore. It's you know we're uh, so it's you know getting your head wrapped around where we are and the landscape and the environment of of it now and being able to manage all of that whether you're playing, not playing, you know, but it's changed. Like, like Matt said, for, you used to be able to like, Hey, everybody go home, take a breath. Now you're trying to touch base with everybody right away to see, you know, who's in, who's out and what our scholarship picture looks like, you know, and, and there's a million guys jumping in and you're trying to 
decipher who you need to be in contact with, which yeah. puts a it's ton really of like, uh, like coaches aren't sleeping. Assistant coaches aren't no. sleeping. Those, those, here's the other thing too. It's like, like Laval, you know this. Like a lot of schools right now are going on spring break, so your season's over, and your kids are going home, or they're going somewhere on spring break, and you're just trying to track them down because you know while they're home, they're getting hit from nine million different directions about going in the portal, transferring up, transferring down. He's not getting you enough shots. He's not doing this. You're not doing that. You need to go somewhere else, and you're like, you're just, your 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 mind is racing, racing. No on question. Man, do I need to fly to, to his hometown and meet with him and his family face to face? Well, the season just ended. You want to give him a little space. Everyone wants to catch a breath, but you don't know what's being told to them while they're home. It, it, it is when that clock hits zero, it, it becomes a very selfish time. And it is a it's the most challenging time of the year for a coach. No question about it. I think it's really easy for people like me who have never been behind closed doors in these situations, have these conversations to step back at a broad level and say the transfer portal in general is a great thing because it's the player empowerment era, right? Like I've, I've said for years before NIL was a thing. It's like, why, why can a, a musician that's a freshman in college go make as much money off their skill that they can, but why can't a basketball player do the same? And why could a student that's unhappy just decide to flip schools, but a basketball player couldn't do the same. And now that you talk to more people who are in the profession, certainly there's a divide here. Like we've seen coaches at the highest level in this sport kind of start to migrate out of the sport in recent years. And of all the hard questions I've asked you guys, we only got a couple minutes left. This might be the hardest one I've asked you, but um, you know, you know, this Laval Tom Izzo in our state is one of the most openly critical transfer portal guys. There is, I got a notification today that Michigan state had reached out to, to Butler's Jaden Taylor today and I almost did a backflip because Michigan State wasn't really doing that a year ago is the transfer portal good for the sport that's obviously a difficult question but are we in a better place with this than we were before there were no restrictions on this McCall I I think you, you know as a coach anytime you took a transfer and it got before the whole transfer portal thing really came to fruition, you were trying to see if you could get a waiver, right? Everyone was trying to get a waiver. Let's try to get a waiver to see if he can play right away. Not not really, you know, 10 years ago, you never really tried to do that. It was, hey, you transfer, you try, you're having to sit out, and this is what you're doing. And you're developing uh, the year you're sitting out. You're getting better. You're learning our system, and, and that's what you have to do. And now uh, it seemed like in the last five years before this happened, everyone was trying to get a waiver for guys that they could play right away because maybe they missed on some kids recruiting wise. Uh, but in order for us to have big, big time success, we need this guy to play. We need to play right now. We need to get a waiver. We need to get a waiver to play him right away. Well, now you don't have to do that anymore. Um, so I think because of that, because of so many coaches and listen, I, I, I did it as well. I was trying to get waivers to get guys to play right away. Um, that's why we're in this position. Right. Okay. I think that that's the biggest thing is we're in this position because everyone was trying to find different ways to get creative, to get guys to play right away. And the NCAA had had enough with all that. And they just wanted to wash their hands of it and just, Hey, everyone's eligible. You get a one-time. I'm going to cut you now. off here, Matt. We're going to wrap the show. We're going to listen to more of McCall's thoughts and Laval Jordan's thoughts next on after dark. Man, you're clear. All right. Right back to you, Matt. 
Yeah, I just think that that's that's. I think the NCAA wanted to wash their hands of of the whole waiver process, and they're going to stamp you know everyone one time, and you get your one opportunity. But now people are going to oh well, th- well this guy's had a coaching change, and he's he needs to transfer again, and l- let me get a waiver for this. So I don't think it's going to stop, uh, but I think that's why we're at where we're at. Yeah, the combin the combination of the two things. NIL and Trent coming in the portal being live and you don't have to sit out those two things coming in together has caused an explosion right because now it is not just you know I'm looking for somewhere I can play or I've been in a lose losing program and I want to play in the tournament I want to find you know it's not that you know Bryce Hopkins going to from Kentucky where he played six minutes and becoming a second, a first team, all big East guy at Providence. Like that's a great thing because it's just a better fit for the kid. And it worked out and, you know, you know, being able to play right away when your coach gets fired or your coach leaves yeah, and takes no another question. job, you know, Devin Carter going to Providence cause Frank Martin's out at South Carolina and he's looking for a new home and he doesn't have to sit because it wasn't his decision. It was, you know, they let his coach go. Th- that makes you know, those are, you know, that's good for when you say it's good for the sport. Now, you, but the combination now with NIL, because kids are coming into, I've talked to six coaches today, literally, and they've all said guys have come, they've had guys come in their office, not not the whole team, and 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 say, like, I'm happy here, but I'm just curious of what I can get because I got friends that are getting this much. Yeah. That is. So the two things combined is like, now it's your market value and you're thinking as a business (laughs) uh, Yeah, more so than, like I said, if your coach gets fired and you can go somewhere, find a home, if it just wasn't working out, you know, so good, bad or indifferent, it's here. It's just wrapping your head around that. And that's a hard part for coaches, especially when you come from program building mindsets where you get guys, you develop them. They might not be there as a freshman, you know, but you know, they're going to get better. They're going to get better. And now you, if you're at a mid-major, like they're going to get better and leave. Like that's just the truth. That's a great they're, point. They're not, they're not staying. So this whole, Hey, get old. Well, the way to get old now is to bring in old guys. But if you have a system they got to come in and learn on the fly. So coaches are adjusting or simplifying what they do because, you know, in an NBA, everybody kind of speaks the same language and plays the same way. So free agents can come in and hit the ground running. Well, Matt and I don't play the same way necessarily or speak the same language. So it's going to take longer or we got to adjust to, to be able to have that kid be successful sooner. Right. Um, or it'll take time, like Ed Cooley took time for his guys to get it because he's got a system. So yeah. they they had a run later. Um, if you if you don't have as much of a system, right, Matt? It's like guys yeah. can come in and start going right away. So it's just a different landscape that we got to understand and try to figure out. Some guys just self-selected out, like you said, Greg. Like I'm not dealing with it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, now, when you step back, it starts to make sense why some of the guys from the older generation of coaches that have had so much success. Imagine like Bobby Knight in this landscape. (laughs) You know how many chairs would be thrown? I mean, when I talked to is like, I went to Michigan state's practice and talked to is 
on the front end and, and, you know, about it all and, you know, the landscape and NIL, he was mentioning how their football team dealt with it. And, you know, it kind of, Mel was struggling because guys want more. Everybody wants more. Um, and he was just saying, if he's not, he's having fun. He's still having fun at the point where he's not having fun, like he's out, uh, but he's still enjoying it. He still wants to go after another national championship, but, um, and he, he's just getting the right guys like Tyson Walker that got in the portal and he's yeah. the right guy. He fits. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's the most important thing from the coaching lens is you got to do it you know, to supplement or however you want to do it. Make sure you're getting the right guys. And it's hard when they're putting pressure on you with a number. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, just not at all the job anyone signed up for when they first got into college basketball coaching these days, unless you're just getting into it now, uh, it's a totally different landscape and Laval, I'm going to throw a, a beeline ism at you. I think here, tell me if you heard yeah. this one before, but I used to always hear uh, quotes from him about unpack your bags, right? Yeah. It, that, yeah. that was a beeline ism. And it was in reference to, you know, it, we may recruit one and dones, but we want one and dones that might unpack their bags or will unpack their bags that aren't just coming in for a three month gap and then they know they're pros. They're guys that uh, in, intend to get to wherever that campus is. I can't imagine trying to find guys that will unpack their bags now because it doesn't matter what level of recruit they are now. If, if this player's not 100% happy, the grass is always going to look greener, whether that's up transferring, whether that's down transferring, whether it's at the same level, but a different team in their conference says we yeah. need a starting shooting guard. It's It's insane yeah. to me to even think about how you can manage all that. So like Matt said, the thought is different. It's like, hey, don't play in the NIT because you might get hurt and it might hurt you. It might mess you up for the stock. That's never happened in college basketball. Never. 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 Guys, like, hey, we still got a chance to play in the postseason. Let's go after it, fellas. You know, we can put get to Madison Square Garden. Like this, I know it's not what we wanted, but it's still a heck of an opportunity to to do something special together. Right. Guys weren't sitting out so they didn't get injured. You know, and now it's like your market value. Guys are taking it into account. Hey, can you get, uh, if you're a fringe guy or maybe not a draft pick at all, but you could maybe go maximize your earning potential at another school, yeah. right? Because you're not going to go pro, but so let's maximize what you can do while you while you have it. Is <laughs> And that's a thought. That's a real conversation that's happening with whoever kids are talking to. That uh, that's a again, it's just new for co coaches <laughs> to think like that or to even, you know, embrace uh, the thought that that's happening and, and you just got to kind of handle it and manage it and and be a part of it, Matt. Right. Like it's yeah. not going away. It's not going anywhere. It's not going away. No. And, and you bring up a good point, too, just in terms of like both things are coming together at the same time. Right. It'd be one thing if it was the transfer portal and then we had NIL two years later. But the fact that they both hit at the exact same time, I mean, college coaches, you're pull, they want to pull their hair out, especially come March when the clock hits zero. It's just a it's a different deal. And everyone's trying to adjust uh, in terms of dealing with it. You know, they really are. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. It's difficult. It's challenging. And if this is where we're at just a few short years after the rule change, I mean, who knows where we'll be at two more years from now, right? This is an ever evolving moment in the sport of college basketball. Well, I just want to thank you guys genuinely 
before we move on to questions from the chat here. I thought that was really, really great conversation. Uh, I have certainly never really thought about a lot of the angles of that. I know we touched on a lot of tough subjects tonight, but I appreciate both of you being so candid, sharing all of this insight. I'm sure our listeners really enjoyed that. So let's get producer Dagan in here. Uh, let's see if we got anything going on in the YouTube chat. Yeah, fellas, awesome job on all that. Let's get back to the fun stuff uh, of the <laughs> evening. We'll talk about the bracket a little bit. We'll, we'll let you guys finish off here uh, on a little looser note. Uh, there's a question here from uh, Trevor Trevor Belise uh, in the chat. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. Uh, <laughs> how big was Michigan's Q2 win over Toledo tonight? Does it get them any closer to the bubble? Uh, I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> I, I'm assuming that one's for Greg. Uh, Greg, someone take that one? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll keep this short and sweet for producer Trevor here. Uh, his head's not in the right place. I just want to make that very clear. His team has now lost two consecutive games. That little 20-point comeback loss against Purdue was cute. That little six-point second-half lead against Penn State was cute. This team's not clicking at the right time. You're playing an Arkansas team that's essentially just a better version of your team in the first round for a right to get your ass handed to you by Bill Self, Trevor. Pig and we got city. NIT jokes. Pig I wouldn't city. want my head in that spot if I'm an Illinois fan. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh, all right, all right, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> I just I had to get that one out. That one uh, seemed like uh, a fun one for everybody. Uh, what four seed has the best chance of losing this week, or the most chance of losing? Not the best chance. Tennessee. I, I Tennessee. Think we, I, I, oh, I thought Coach Jordan was going to say Indiana. I thought he was going to roll with Kansas State. I thought he was going to go Indiana. No, I'm going to go. Just knows the Kai Ziegler. Yeah, I'm with you. There's a, that that's just that's that's hard to you know hard to do. Yeah, that, that team, that team, that that team is good. Like I said earlier, Louisiana Lafayette, Bob Marlin, veteran coach. I, I I think Tennessee just has has been a shell of how good they were early on the season without Ziegler. That's just just how they've been. They struggled even when he was in the lineup. So, hey man, uh, I got to go to the grocery store. I don't need the Indiana. I still live in Indiana, so. I can't. <laughs> Well, hold um, on. I'm not letting you get off that easy. Hold on, Greg. I started to cut you off there. Somebody just asked in the, great. in the chat, uh, how is Indiana going to stop two elite guards from Kent State? So we're just going to transition right into it. How, how, how does Indiana win and stop those guys? Yeah, they're going to have their hands full. Um, it's going to be – I think they just got to dominate the glass and, 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 and win the possession game there. You know, it, it'll be back and forth like because Kent State's guards are good and they're not afraid – I think Indiana is advantage with Trace uh, and Race. You know, Malik Renew when he comes into the game, like they they've got to make an emphasis to just pound the backboards um, and get as many second shots, more possessions. You know, keep Kent State out of transition through through that because you know those guards are tough, man. They they're good. Like Kent State is good. Yeah, no, but nobody's nobody's taking Iona. Nobody. Coach Patino. Well, he said the most great, likely. I was, I was going great, most great. likely. Nobody's taking that I think, game. Because here's the one we like, I mean, I know how good UConn is, but to, to count out arguably the greatest coach in the game right now is who? Uh, it's we have yeah, that game about Furman, that Virginia, game. Greg. Like, Furman, Virginia, I, I gotta say, I like Furman. I like Furman. Okay, okay. Uh, so my McCall, to your point though, I think if you gave Iona any of the other four seeds, I'm seriously considering putting them through. The only reason I, I think UConn's great. Like, I think they're underseeded as a yeah. four. I think they're a top five talent team in the yeah. country. Uh, Virginia, to me, is one, like, on the flip side of the, the same seed line. I could see a lot of teams beating them right now. I like Mike Bothwell a lot for Furman. 
Um, I have Furman advancing in that spot. And quickly to the the chat question on Indiana Kent State from my perspective here, who's going to stop sincere carry is a very fair question. Although Jalen Hood Shafino might be the best guard in that game, Kent State has zero answer for Trace Jackson Davis. Like I feel okay going into that, that Trace will be able to be his dominant self. Uh, and even if carry goes off, JHS will have something to say about that. All right, moving on next. Um, from a coaching perspective, since from Brady, uh, do you guys try and throw off teams in March, or basically implement something new in March, or do you guys just stick with what you've been working with? Obviously, teams have been able to see what you've been doing all year. So how do you kind of – do you change that up in March? Do you keep with what you're doing? How do you deal with that? I think when you get to this point in time, you got to continue to do what you do. And I'm not saying not have a secondary defense in that you can go to – uh, but I, I think you got to have that during the regular season as well. I don't think you're just trying to throw a wrinkle in there. Uh, you may throw a new play in. You may try to attack, you know, d- depending on who you're playing against as a team plays zone, underneath that out-of-bounds set. You may try to do something different there, but you're not changing your style of play once you get to this point in time. you got to continue to do what got you here, and um, I, I think it's tough to just change <laughs> once you get to March. But, you know, working on special situations, Situations we saw tonight, you're going to be in close games. Uh, how are you handling those situations? Working on fouling or not fouling up three, working on side out of bounds defense, underneath out of bounds defense, things like that. I think, you know, that that's what this this time of year comes down to. And you're going to be in close games. And how are you handling those situations? I think is 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 the biggest key. Certainly, there's enough other things going on. You know, with and Matt, you know how it is. It's like locker rooms available, the media, you get there, you got the open practice and all these. You want your guys just as as comfortable and confident um, as they've ever been going into, you know, the first game. And so you may have a couple offensive ads to be able to help them out if you start to struggle in that game that you put in. Um, you know, the, the, the more challenging ones is like if you're playing Iowa State and you've never seen – that type of defense before, you know, you're so focused on your prep because you may not be able to run your stuff like you normally do. So you're, you're just, you're locked in on, here's what we have to do because we haven't seen some, but you're trying to draw from all the references. Hey, these guys play like this team in our league. So just like we did against, you know, Villanova because they switch, like these guys switch. So we're back to that kind of thought and get your guys' mindset on being confident, being aggressive and, and being comfortable. Good question, by the way. Shout out to whoever asked that. That was Brady. That was Brady. Brady. He's going to love that you just called that a good question. I already know it. Um, All right, another one for you guys. If Purdue makes it to the Sweet 16 and beyond, big emphasis on if, because I know a lot of people don't have them going that far. Uh, How do they match up again with the likes of Duke, Marquette, Michigan State, if if they need those guys? I mean, I, I mean, they're a number one seed for a reason. You know, yeah. uh, they played in one of the best conferences in the country. So, uh, I, you know, I don't I don't think it's going to come down to necessarily the matchup per se for them. I think they've got to take care of the basketball uh, when teams double team Edie and they go down there and they go get him aggressively. How are they handling that? He's such a good passer. They're going to have to make shots like when you double and he's throwing it out of double teams. Can they make shots? And if there's a game where they're turning it over and they're not making shots, I don't care who they're playing against. They could lose. I mean, that's that's the recipe for them. They're going to have to make shots. And if they can do that and they take care of it, they can make it run all the way to the final four. I mean, they're a one seed for the reason they get the national player of the year on their team. Um, so 
I think in terms of, of the matchups and things like that, I mean, you, you know, you throw out Michigan state, you, I mean, they, they, they played them, they, they'll be prepared uh, to play against them. You know, Duke will present different challenges, but if they're making shots and they're taking care of the basketball, I, I think they're in Houston. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Yeah. They, and they play Marquette too, right? Obviously they, they squeaked by Marquette at home early, early on before we knew Marquette was this good. Uh, you know, Marquette knew Marquette was this good, but we did it. But I think, I think they're the toughest, you know, in terms of uh, it's not a match. It's just, Hey, how's other teams matching up with Purdue? Because they're, they're, everyone kind of has an idea of what the formula is. The question is, do you have the personnel to be able to execute it? And uh, the, is Duke can Duke pressure as much as you need to pressure if they were to get to there and be playing against Duke. Michigan State's gone kind of both ways. The first time they just let Edie eat and then didn't leave the shooters. And, uh, you know, he still beat them. And so they've, they've kind of got their recipe. If they were to run into Marquette, Marquette only turned them over six times. Uh, in game one, I would imagine they'd amp up the pressure if they saw him again and try to double that number. Um, again, everybody, I think people have an idea of the formula. It's just, can you, can you do it? Uh, do you have the personnel? Can you do it for 40 minutes? Yeah. I've, uh, I've said a lot of anti Purdue things in the last week. So I'm going to try to bite my tongue as much as I can here. Um, but I think that the interesting thing is the matchups and looking down the list, right? Like, I don't think you necessarily need to be a team that presses them necessarily. Although I do think they struggle with the press at times. No, you just, just need heavy pressure. Yeah. You just need guards that can get in their shit for lack of a better term, right. make Braden Smith uncomfortable, make Fletcher lawyer uncomfortable. Right. And in this region, I don't think this is a particularly strong region, but if Zakai Ziegler was healthy, he would check that box. Case and Wallace is absolutely a guard who can check that box. If they find him in the elite eight, Marquette has multiple guys who check that box. I think Michigan state has well, guys who check. That here's box. the other thing, Greg, it's not just that it's guys perimeters with size. So here's what they yeah. struggle with. Rutgers, right? Everybody's six, five or taller. So it's not just the pressure. It's length with pressure. Like you said, it's not a press. Indiana beat him good. Well, Hood Shafino, 6'5", 6'6", Miller Cobb's taught Trey Galloway. They're all – so they have size to be able to disrupt the passes along with picking up some pressure. Not full-court pressing. So, like, Zakai Ziegler, small. They'll throw right over the top of him and throw the ball in the ED whenever they want. Duke might have – you know, Duke has the size. The, the Michigan State, for instance, you got Tyson Walker and AJ. They're not, like, tall. So when you had the combination of big wings, big guards – that can apply pressure. That's when they really struggle. Rutgers, you know, Indiana. That's a good point. That makes sense. But all that said, I do want to make it unequivocally clear if I haven't enough. Purdue can absolutely make a Final Four. Even though I am skeptical of that, they have the baddest dude in the sport. And there is not a team they will run up against that has an answer for Zach Eady. If he plays his A-plus game every single game, they're in a fantastic spot. All right, here's my final question, and then I'll let you guys do Toast of the Night. Uh, it's about our boss's darling, UConn. Who is the harder matchup for the Huskies, Kansas or Gonzaga? I got to start with Iona first. I mean, let, let, let's just talk about <laughs> I, res that I respect first. that. I respect I, that. I mean, I, I'm like, I, I mean, we can talk about Kansas. We, we, they got to get past Iona first. I, mean, I, I think that's the focus. Um, you know, uh, Everyone was so high on UConn early on in the season, rightfully so. I think they've gone through some adversity. 
I think they're prepared for this tournament. Um, I, I think the first round game, as as excited as we all are to to watch that with with two of the most competitive guys in college basketball squaring off and coaching against each other. Um, you know, if, if it wasn't that game, then I think you could you could talk about what's after in Kansas and Gonzaga. But man, hey, they got to focus on that first game. I, I think if they get past Iona, the, you know, I think they could make a run. And um, can they beat Kansas in a Sweet Sixteen? I, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, will they? That, w- w- you know, everyone. I mean, that's that's the toughest region in my opinion. I mean, you think about this: like Kansas in the year they had, they won the Big Twelve, and they've got to maybe play. Arkansas in the second round and then UConn to get to just to get to the elite eight. I mean, wow. What, like what a re- region, but I think right now for UConn, they, they got to focus on, and I know they are, I know their staff is, I know their head coaches, they got to focus on that first game because that is going to be a battle. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I look at their bracket and say, man, they're going to, if VCU wins and they win, like, they had 20 turnovers against St. John's. <laughs> you, you know, Connecticut. Like, you know, they got it. That'll be maybe their, uh, you know, not, I don't want to say their biggest test, but like just kind of what, what hurts them and what, what they've struggled with this year. They've struggled, you know, taking care of the basketball, especially against teams that play like VCU. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and so I think that'll be, you know, a struggle. I, I, Kansas, obviously, with small ball versus Sonogo. Um, you know, interesting if that if that matchup actually occurs, you know, that that would be interesting. Um, the two bigs from Arizona, you know, if they if that ended up happening, um, I think that would be a heck of a matchup because their defense versus Arizona's offense. But like I'm looking at VCU, like, man, that could be the one because it's just not it hasn't been good when they play teams that that, that play like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that call out on matchup with VCU, and that's a matchup I have in my bracket, VCU versus UConn. I have Connecticut winning, but um, I do. The more we talk about the West, which I think is the most loaded region by far, oh, I'm geez. starting I'm starting to get the sense that people are just writing off Kansas, and I'm starting to think that's a little, a little quick. Like, I've seen a lot of people picking UConn. I've seen a lot of people picking Gonzaga. I've seen a lot of people picking UCLA. I have not seen enough people picking the team that just won the Big 12 outright, which was the best conference in the sport this year. Like, yes, their path is brutal. To your point, McCall, Arkansas in the second round or Illinois in the second round, followed by UConn, followed by whoever comes out of the bottom. Like, I mean, that's that's a monstrous path that's only rivaled by how they played every single game in the Big 12 this year. I mean, no they question. will be prepared. You no, know I like, no like TCU. I got TCU on the other side of that bracket going to an Elite Eight, me personally. Ooh, okay. But like Over the Zags, you, you, huh? You, yeah, you think about it. Like, Kansas could play Guards. Howard, Howard in the Guards. first round. Then they could play Arkansas, UConn, Gonzaga, and UCLA. <laughs> like, what? Like, that's Crazy. insane crazy yeah it's nuts it's nuts i just want to throw it out there i will not be surprised if kansas somehow emerges victorious from that though like if there's one team with anybody there's one team that i trust to do that it's you trust i mean and i love the kid because i think he's a heck of a player dewan harris for six straight games that's he's got to score points he has to score points yeah, you look at if you look at all their losses i mean the, the number one thing i look at in a kansas loss is the shot attempts for Dewan Harris, because in there, especially in that stretch where they lost three straight, I mean, he had four shots from two point range, three shots, one shot in those three games in 40 minutes, right? Like he's playing the whole game. 
and not being a threat. Down the stretch of the season, I liked it because he got a lot more aggressive. He had a couple 10-shot games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I do feel like I've mentally turned a corner with him, but still, I don't know. He's the number one guy on my list I'd want at point. So, we'll see. I mean, what a region, McCall, right? Oh. Like, just what a region. It's absurd. It's absurd. Um, can we quick, I know we're done with chat questions. Thank you, Dagan. And thank you everybody in the chat who jumped in. Can we just quick round the horn, give our final four picks? Cause I don't know Ooh. your guys uh, yet. And we teased it earlier in the show. So let's, let's do it. Let's do it. I'll Somebody jump in first. and go first. I'll let, I'll let coach go first. Uh, I'm, he's going to, he's going to send me first. Okay. I'm going to go Alabama. I'm going to go Marquette. Um, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Texas with what they did and, and, you know, how they're rallying around their coach. I, I, I like them. And I'm going to go Kansas. Man, we're three, I like we're, it. We're three, we're three out of four, Matt, to get together. I, I Only difference I had from that was Connecticut instead of Kansas. Okay. The other three, I got the same the same way. Wow. Okay. So I, the theme of this whole show has been you guys – convincing me how wrong I am in so many ways. So uh, this is good news because I have zero of the same. My four uh, are Arizona. I have Kansas State, although I really don't like that East region. And I am i don't know who I'm going to pick from there. I might still change it. I have Xavier. And then I have uh, Gonzaga. Xavier Gonzaga. Okay. Okay. But I've, now I feel horrible. Presented by Bet Rivers, that bracket by you. Yeah, that's, that's straight out of Bet Rivers. <laughs> who's who's your champion? Quickly, who's your champion? Texas. Uh, I, it's, it's hard for me to. I, I mean, I'm, I like. I, I I like that pick just because of how what they've done around Coach Terry, and the adversity and how those guys have handled it, and all the transfers that they had. They brought in last year to go through what they've gone through. I'm. I'm with coach. I'm with coach. Yeah, they're terrifying right now. I can't get mad at the pick. Um, Arizona's my pick for the record. Just think wow. they're the best bright lights team in the country this year. Like six and one against top 15 teams. Something crazy like that. So, all right, we'll see. Uh, I have a feeling I'll be very wrong and you guys will probably be very right as you've been all show. So appreciate the picks, guys. Let's do our toast of the night and get out of here. Uh, Laval, we'll have you go first since we made McCall go first with the bracket. Who you got? Uh, pretty easy. I got I I got Jeff Capel. Yeah, yep. Shout out to Coach Capel. The the first four counts as an NCAA tournament win, so he has an NCAA tournament win under his belt. I think he can go get another one because there's not a lot of travel to get from Dayton over to Greensboro uh, and get his team rested and ready to go. So shout good toast to Coach Capel uh, and the Panthers. Cheers. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go on along the same lines. Jamarius Burton, huge shot tonight. High character player, been through a lot in his career. Uh, this is his third stop, and he's making the most of it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go Jamarius Burton from Pitt. Cheers, Panthers, a lot of them tonight. I respect it. All right, you're I'll gonna, go the other way. Go to Texas, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. That's what I have doing. to. I I feel obligated to. I'm gonna single out one guy here who went off tonight. Jalen Jackson, 22 points, six rebounds tonight. This is a guy who has averaged seven points a game this season. Pretty good time for a seven points a game scorer to pop off for 22 when it matters most. Uh, he was fantastic tonight, and he was a joy to watch. So cheers, Corpus Christi. You are on to the round of 64. 
and the entire world will be watching just as we hope they were watching tonight on the field of 68 after dark guys uh, for Laval Jordan for Matt McCall. I'm Greg Waddell. This was a blast of a show. Stay tuned. We will be back on tomorrow night. And then again, after all of the games of the first round of the NCAA tournament later this week, we are the best place to follow this beloved sport in the month of March. Uh, we'll see you again tomorrow night.